following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Hour 3 of Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. It is the 18th of November, 2023. We are live, 9 to noon, every Saturday, with a few minor exceptions. Pacific time, 9 to noon. Join us on your local radio station if you're hearing us live uh, via the website, radiolawtalk.com. Um, you can just click on the live button. Those of you listening to us from your terrestrial radio, thank your radio station. But more than that, if your friends say, hey, I'd like to hear that, and there's a local station that doesn't carry it, have them call the station and tell them. And if not, jump on radiolawtalk.com and click on the live button so you can listen live. Uh, it is the 855-LAW-RADIO is the phone number if you want to call in. 855, Denise? 529-7234. And if you want to email us, email us at info at radiolawtalk.com. Go to our website. Go to Facebook. We do do some social media, and but it's mainly on Facebook that we post. So go to our Radio Law Talk Facebook, and you can uh, see kind of the latest fun things that we're going to talk about or what's going on in our lives. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to have a case or no case coming up in a minute. We have Chris, uh, our uh, local help here that's going to take that took Cal's place. Cal does wonderful things in the community on the weekends during the holidays. He does some special Thanksgiving events and then he does he's the Santa in a play and he does a lot of neat things for the community and we excuse him for the next three or four weeks while Chris comes in and takes care of us. Thank you very much Chris. We appreciate you. Um, but we are going to get into the case or no case. Then I'm going to follow up on this new New York wrongful um, death law that's very interesting to discuss. The Oxford High shooter's parents being tried, what the court's doing on that. And again, we stay neutral politically, but there are some scary things and some things that people say, well, that they need to be, whether or not parents should be prosecuted for the sins of their children. And, uh, and again, we don't know all the facts, so we'll have to wait and see, but the parents are being prosecuted for their kid going and shooting some students because they found the Apparently he got he had the parents' gun and used the parents' gun. Uh, the we got a fan suing the Braves. We got a minor league baseball lawsuit, presidential pardon lawsuit. That one's hilarious. I'm not wait until we talk to you about the presidential pardon lawsuit. That's funny. Um, Paul Pelosi's latest. Uh, those who don't know who Paul Pelosi is, um, his wife is the senator from California. A very interesting thing. We talked about the very beginning of it last week. What happened in their home, which is crazy, and and Denise will probably get into that, and a Colorado plastic surgeon lawsuit. This one's interesting too. Just kind of that was bizarre. What yeah. uh, you know? Talk about lack of caring or sitting there on your hands, right? And just just crazy what happened. And then most of all, we're going to hear for a case or no case, and that's why we are going to have a recorded case or no case from our illustrious full time, but not right now. Cal Hunter. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! He's alive. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Thomas Finnegan lives in Wyoming, a state filled with drivers who think a yellow light means hurry up now rather than exercise more caution. Imagine his irritation when he was in downtown Kemmer, Wyoming, and a traffic light was stuck 
on red, and I mean stuck. After a little while, Finnegan began a timer on his smartwatch. 30 seconds, one minute, then two. Cars behind him were honking their horns like crazy. Finnegan waited until the traffic behind him cleared after they all pulled off and went around, and he pulled out too. But but he decided to go through the red light, and the second he pulled out, boom, red and blue lights in his rearview mirror, busted by a traffic cop. Finnegan explained the situation, but to no avail. Tell it to the judge, the rookie cop said. Finnegan called his buddy, Edward Lawrence, to see if the attorney could help him out. Finnegan wanted some help so that the outcome in traffic court would be in his favor. Mostly, he wanted to know if he could fight this and see if he could fight this matter. Yes, he wanted to know if he had a case or no case. All right, let's start with Denise. Okay, um, this could happen. Actually, this could very much happen. And, um, and But it can't be a speed trap or it can't be, you know, a trap by the police. So they couldn't set it up that way and then try to make money by, by popping people. So we know that that's probably not the case. It's more likely that the cop didn't realize that the uh, light was defective and not turning. Um, and the other cars turned around rather than running that red light. So they were trying to, you know, follow the law, if you will. <clears throat> This is not a case. Making an illegal U-turn right there, follow the law? (laughs) Well, maybe. That's probably true. Um, Yeah, that could very well be. Mm. Or maybe they pulled around and then took a right at the light rather than going through the light, right? In any event, this is not a case. Denise, you and I are on the same page. That's exactly the first thing. And I'm not copying. I just thought this is not a case. It's a scenario because that happened to Cal recently, and he (laughs) ran the red light. But it wasn't a police officer that pulled him off. It was his wife that started yelling at him. Hey! Donna's sweet, by the way. His wife's awesome. Why are you running on the red light? Because I've been sitting here for two hours. I'm tired of it. Um, but that does happen, Denise. That happens all the time where um, sometimes they'll go flashing, but sometimes there's just something wrong with it. I just can't see a rookie, a cop sitting there. If a police officer's sitting there seeing there's something wrong with the light, they're sitting there and everyone's turning around and going, there's got to be, you know some sort of leeway. So I think this is a scenario, but not a case. Now, when you're saying no case, does that mean that he shouldn't have gotten the ticket? or that No, he, he... there was no filing. There was no traffic There's... case. Right. Okay, so I thought the question was whether or not he had a case that he could fight the ticket. Well, no, it is. It, it is, but the thing is, yeah, he could. Yeah, he can fight the ticket, but the question is, was a case, how we do this, Chris, is was a case actually filed against him, and did he, like, appear in traffic court? That's the question. Okay. So if, if, if he did not... Uh, appear in traffic court. There's not not a case. Even if he just received a ticket and paid it, if Cal received his ticket and paid it, I mean, um, they received a ticket and paid it, that's not a case. Okay. All right. Todd. Well, he, you know, look, if, if the officer wrote a ticket, I mean, if the guy was, didn't want to pay it, I mean, if this actually happened, the officer wrote him a ticket, then it's going to be a case because, like True. you said, he's, he's got to go. Um, and what we don't know is how long the cop had been there watching this. I mean, look, if you have this long line of people that are waiting for this red light, people are turning around, but the cop just got to the intersection and sees somebody goes through it, well, all the cop, he doesn't, the cop doesn't have the history of how long they've been sitting there. He just sees somebody go through the red light. And, you know, I, I'm not aware of anything in the code that says uh, you're not allowed to enter an intersection when the traffic light is red unless you've been waiting there for a long time and you really need to get somewhere. I, I'm not aware of anything like that. So I would say that the cop wrote the ticket. Key there was, I think it was rookie cop. 
and and he goes and fights it in court. I think ultimately the judge dismisses it once he says everything, but that's the way this works. You don't try your case with the cop. You try it in front of the judge. The cop's going to give his evidence. You give your evidence and see what the judge says. So case, I think the driver wins, but he does have to go to court to get that not guilty. Interesting. All right. Mm. What do you think, well, Chris? Well, I, I tend to agree with you. I, th- uh, I always thought that... There was a law like that on the books where if the traffic lights malfunctioning and you know just staying on red as long as you 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 wait a reasonable amount of time and then make sure you're safe and go through, I thought that that was legal. Well, again, I think that's by necessity. The the question (laughs) is what is reasonable, and it might be a defense if you get a ticket. And I'm thinking that's why he he may win, but that doesn't prevent the cop from issuing the ticket and saying, let's duke it out in court. And what you do is you go prove you're going to have to somehow get the police officer is going to have to show that he's going to have to say it didn't work. No, the police officer then, is... But does it does it then the police officer now have to show proof that it was working properly? Where yes. does the burden fall? Because The burden's on the police officer. Yeah, once well, he the, says that. And, and, and the burden is on the police officer to say, yeah, the light was red, he ran the red light, and even the defendant is going to admit that. Right. Yeah, it was red, I entered on a red, but I had a reason for doing so. Right. And it's up to the judge. All right, we'll be back. We're going to talk more about uh, multiple lawsuits after the case or no case. Fred, Todd, and Denise will be right back with more Radio Law Talk after we take this break. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed, make it quick quack. Pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to. Don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds at the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash a hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the dock. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. This is Frederick Penny, host of Radio Law Talk. I'm excited to announce myself and Mark Victor Hansen, the author of the famous Chicken Soup for the Soul, collaborate to bring this three-book series, Goose. Book one is about William Collins. Goose is the perfect gift for yourself, family, friend, or someone you care about. Great stories, lifelong lessons that you can apply to your life to help you to become successful. Goose by Frederick W. Penny, available on Amazon Books now. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right, then. 
Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's Let's have have Todd do it. Me? (laughs) Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. The information you hear on Radio Law Talk is generally... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. Peekaboo. Peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. (sighs) Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby, I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Now it's time for more Radio Law Talk. All right, Radio Law Talk. We're doing a case or no case. We just finished it up uh, with the uh, yellow light uh, in Wyoming, uh, where they supposedly, uh, according to Cal Hunter, uh, run through yellow lights. Uh, but there's a red light, and everybody's sitting there, and apparently it's stuck. And people are honking at the guy. Everybody turns around leaving, and he sits there forever. Finally, it's clear, so he just says, I'm just going to go because there's, there's something wrong with the lights. And then the police pull him over and give him a ticket, supposedly. And what's the status of this lawsuit? Denise and I say there was no case. And Todd, I don't remember what you said. I said it's a case, and the uh, driver is able to get a dismissal. He puts forth his evidence, and the judge dismisses it. And Chris, you say? I agree with Todd. All right, let's see. There was a case in Wyoming traffic court. The judge asked if the intersection was clear and if things were safe when he proceeded through. He and the officer testified in the affirmative. In California, the traffic code says you may not go through a red light under any condition, which could have been really interesting if Finnegan were driving an emergency vehicle, which he was not. And that is case Todd, or no case. It. So it was a case. It was a case, and he wins. And he wins. Good and one. And I would just like to point out that Chris won every single one of those. Wow. I'm glad he's Congratulations. not here. I should have been a lawyer. I'm glad Chris isn't here. <laughs> you, tell, you tell Cal you're tied with him now. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, he'll love that. <laughs> All right. So I think we're just talking about the Grieving Families Act that they have just passed in New York. And I don't want to get in details of this because we talked about it for the first time. 
Washington, where um, there's only two states, Alabama and New York. If someone passes away and there's a negligent party, you can only really get what the future loss of earnings are from that as a you know surviving spouse or children of that individual. What if it's a mom that's a stay-at-home mom that is not making a, quote, salary, um, and she passes away, you get nothing? So that believe it or not, that's two states out of 50. That's crazy. And so they're in the process of changing the Grieving Family Act, changing it because the Grieving Family Act has been passed pretty much by both sides, Republicans and Democrats, and we're they're waiting for uh, the governor to sign it. The big issue the governor is worried about is the cost of liability insurance and losing more physicians and more people because of this law. But guess what? 48 states, even the conservative states, you know, like Texas and Florida, you're allowed to, to sue for this. So, um, is, it, is it called loss of consortium? No, no, it's not really called that. Loss of consortium, that's different. This, in a wrongful death case, wrong, loss of consortium is, say, your spouse, you're injured and you're laid up and you can't do anything, and your spouse used to mow the lawn and take the garbage out. Now you've got to do that. And then it goes into the loss of consortium can go into sexual s- situations where you can't, you know, they, you know, they don't. We represented a client one time that uh, they're on their honeymoon and bad accident, and fractured, she fractured both her hips. You know, that's, that, that, that messed up the honeymoon, right? So that's what loss of consortium is. But this is, generally speaking, more than that. This is... Uh, you know, you grieve as a family member, right? Just the loss of the companionship. Yes. And that's not allowed in New York and in Alabama. So New York has changed that to be with the other 48 states. And I say, hurrah, hurrah, go for it. Just sign it, Governor of New York. That's what's going on next. Um, Todd, we're gonna, let's, let's talk uh, briefly, uh, Todd, about the uh, – let's talk about the world, this World Series yeah. case. So, you know, back in the World Series 2021, Fred, we'll start this out, just ask generally speaking. You buy a ticket to go to a professional sporting event. Let's say it's a baseball uh, game. And while you're there, they, they, they tell you also, you know, foul balls coming at a high rate of speed and stuff. And somebody, unfortunately, gets hit by a foul ball. Um, in a situation like that, if you're hit by a foul ball while attending a baseball game, um Liability, assumption of the risk, are you going to as part of your ticket? Does that... uh... Well, I'll tell you, here's the answer. First of all, the one issue is recently they have found liability on some of the sports teams. I'm saying recently in the past 10, 15, 20 years, because you notice now they have nets Yes, They never used to have nets behind um, any of these baseball because the foul balls would hit people and start hurting them until... Uh, there was the answer is yes. There's an assumption of risk when you come that you're going to get hit and hurt. Or you could. You could, mm-hmm. but there were lawsuits and cases that started turning the other way. So they started putting up, and they I believe they required it to yep. be putting up nets now behind the you know in certain areas. But you can't put up a net a- anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 basically they have a duty. If you have the the um, if you're assuming that risk, they have a duty to make it as safe as reasonable, right? So they have to take reasonable precautions. Yeah, and, and you know, putting up a net doesn't seem like it would it would take that much. I know it's going to cost money, but it 
it's something that is a reasonable thing for for a ball club to do to prevent somebody from getting hit. Yes, in the 30s well, and 40s, there's yeah. many people walking around with no eyes That's and right. no noses. <laughs> well, this case here from uh, the World Series back in 2021 is a little different because it wasn't a foul ball. Uh, Jorge Soler plays right field for the Atlanta Braves, and you know the fielders are throwing the ball back and forth, long toss, while the pitcher's warming up. Well, when the pitcher was getting ready to pitch, he's got to throw the uh, right fielder. Soler's got to throw the ball off. He throws it into the stands, ostensibly as a souvenir, hits a woman in the eye, breaks her eye socket. Oh, gosh. She has now filed a lawsuit just shy of two years later beating the statute of limitations, claiming that Solaire was negligent and the Atlanta Braves were negligent. That's going to be interesting to see how this goes out. Lawsuit just filed. We don't know what the outcome of it is. It's filed in Atlanta, uh, in Georgia. But, you know, if, if liability is found on those facts, you can start to see a lot of activities that happen in sporting events, you know, when they're shooting the souvenirs out of the cannon into the crowd and stuff like, well, mm-hmm. somebody's not watching, paying attention, he gets hit. If liability is found here, you can see all that stuff go away. So we'll see how this Let's talk this about that because I think there's an the issue of the heat threw it out. It wasn't... I do yeah. too. Intentional. But you know, it's a and it's a baseball yeah. compared to shooting a t-shirt out. So it, we'll it, see. It is, but let, let's pick this up after the break because right. I know where you're going with this and I, you know, yeah. All right. Hang on. We'll be back. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? 
He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218-800-711-9218-800-711-9218 That's 800-711-9218 Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life. Majestic and grand, they clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. Fancy pants peanut butter? A big screen television? You haven't even brought a sofa yet. A motorcycle? When your father finds out, he's gonna flip his shoes with two buckles? What do you even need two buckles for? Mr. Big Shot, buying whiskey shots for everybody in the bar. From the looks of it, I'd say nobody even remembers. Feed the pig. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Today, we decided to walk to school. At the corner, we waited to cross the street. The stoplight counted down. 15, 14, 31, I mean, 13. We took a left on Carroll Garden Street. Loud music was coming from a car. Danny's a smart kid, but he gets so distracted. There were so many other sounds, I didn't know what to focus on. Danny, Earth to Danny. Suddenly, he realized he forgot his homework again. I left my homework on the table. At the, the school, school steps, we hug goodbye. goodbye. I, I really, really hope he doesn't have another, another bad day at school today. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free online resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Get personalized recommendations, practical tips, daily access to experts, and more. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. So we were talking about the World Series Braves baseball, about uh, one of the Braves players throwing the ball out. And it was, that's kind of standard to throw the ball out to people to here. Here's some souvenirs. Yeah, that's that's the thing because you know when we went into the break, I was talking about well, what about these situations where you have the people, you know, they got the the t-shirt gun where they got a wadded up t-shirt and they fired it at the crowds and the during at basketball games during breaks and stuff. Well, and and 
you know that is, that's a promotion that people are watching and they kind of expecting in this. And and right now, the way this case with the Atlanta Braves players being p- pitched, no pun intended, is or is being talked about, is that he, he just it makes it sound like he he just decided on his own on a wild hey. I'm just throwing this ball in the stands, and, and nobody could have expected that that was going to happen. And and I, I disagree with that because if you go to baseball games, look, how often do you see it's everybody in the stands is clamoring for a souvenir, and it is just it's a routine practice when a ball's hit to the outfield and it's the third out of the inning and the outfielder catches it, oftentimes you'll turn and throw the ball into the stands as a souvenir because there's a change in stuff. Sometimes you even see that happen hilariously where the outfielder thinks it's the third out. It's only the second out. Some dude standing on third base, he throws the ball in the stands, and the guy on third's like, thanks for the free run, and he scores, right? And so that is so commonplace, throwing the ball into the stands. In this case, it was just throwing the ball he was playing catch with to warm up at the bottom of an inning. He throws it in the stands afterwards. I think if they can show that he was doing that like every inning, he was always doing that. And it's the World Series. People want souvenir Whoa, balls. That, especially a World Series ball? You know, oh, yeah. it, it is. I, I think they're going to have a tough time showing negligence, but somebody did get hurt. Did he throw overhand or underhand into the crowd? I think he threw overhand yeah. because well because he's standing yeah, in the middle he's standing in the middle of, of right field and so he throws it over. But I see that happen all the time. They throw it overhand into the crowd and you know, everybody's watching and they hold their hands up. She just didn't see it. But the game wasn't going on. It was a warm up and so that you know, people in the stands weren't really paying attention to the game. It, well, what's his name? Who was the baseball player? Uh, Jorge Jorge Soler, J O R G E S O L E R. And and look, I, I get that. I get that the game wasn't going on. However, it is such a common practice for players at the end of warmups to toss the ball into the stand that it, it happens so often that your argument would be that they expected. I do this all the time. All the outfielders do it. It's it's a very common practice, and so, you know, um, I I think that it's going to be hard to show that anybody sitting in the stands would be, you know, holy Toledo. I had no idea this was going to happen. It, yeah, it happens every game. Interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens at the at the end of this. The lawsuit's just getting started. They haven't. Uh, the defendants, I don't even think, have filed an answer yet. They just got served with it, and so. Um, obviously, they're right at the beginning of this. Litigation. Yeah, I, I've looked. I can't find the. I, can, I can't find the. Uh, I try. I the tried video, to. Video. I tried to find a video of it, and and I think that I think it was the fifth inning, bottom of the fifth, and so you'd have to actually go and find video of the game, and and again. Good luck because the game hadn't the play hadn't even started. That's right. usually when the right. when the broadcasters are talking to each other. Right. Yeah, they're not. And so it's not like there'd be video of it anyway. No, I know. Broadcast. So yeah. Paul yeah. Pelosi, the husband of Senator uh, Pelosi in California. What happened? Give a quick overview of us to what happened, Denise, and what the outcome well, is. Um, a person uh, who probably was not mentally uh, very well. Um, broke into his house with a hammer, and his intent was to break the knees of Nancy Pelosi and then put her in a wheelchair and put her into the, uh, take her to Congress. And it was just so weird. 
That's and, what he said. That it, yes, that's like, exactly what he said. He was going to break her knees with a hammer yeah. and then put her in a wheelchair and take her to Congress. Correct. That guy's so he broke a, into the Pelosi household in San Francisco yeah. with the hammer, and he goes to Pelosi, uh, to her husband, and says, where is Nancy? And her husband says, she's not here. She's not, you know, even around. And he's got a hammer. And he's got a hammer. And, um, you know, Pelosi's trying to put him off a little bit, and he sneaks and calls 911 and says, you know, somebody's in my house and, you know, all of this stuff. And then um, he, the, the guy's, like, not really too much threatening him, kind but just threatening Nancy about what he wants to do to her. He's missing that. He's so, just kind of chill. Yes, and yeah. then when the police come... Um, they, you know, they break the door open right. and, um, when the guys there has a hammer and him and, um, Mr. Pelosi are struggling over the hammer and the cops say, you know, put down the hammer and he, he gets control of that hammer and he hits Mr. Pelosi in the head. He, the, the, the robber guy gets The control. robber guy's name is David DiPape yeah. and he, um, hits, uh, Mr. Pelosi in the head and literally breaks his skull. Oh. And Mr. Pelosi went down. The police get control over him. And th- this guy really confessed to all. He pled not guilty, mind you. So he's been charged federally. And the charge that he was charged with was assault on a family member of a federal official. Why don't you... Okay, stop there, Denise. Okay, I again, I'm not... I'm pro, The police do a great job. There are some rogue police officers out there, but... He's got a hammer with it. I'm. Uh, you don't shoot a gun, but you've got taser. Tase the guy. You know, boop. You know, just tase or him. Or shoot him in the damn knee. I don't know. I, I say just tase him or jump on him. He's got a hammer. Jump on him. You know. Do something. It's not, yeah. It's like, uh, excuse me. Uh, I voted Republican, so but let me talk to you a little bit about this. <laughs> I don't. I really don't think it was a political. The guy no, I know was that. not mentally. He was not representing any. I know. Faction. I'm just teasing you. I'm to, just teasing yeah, you. Yeah, no, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, he was just He's, out there no matter he what. He just got really, really um, kind of... He had Belligerent, been, yeah. Well, no, he was watch, He was playing games, and he started listening to these um, very right... off. So right they were left, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So off-the-wall... Off, Off-the-earth off, off Conspiracy-type theories, and mm-hmm. he came up with a plan. I'm so going to help out. He just now got sentenced. Not sentenced. He just now got found guilty by a jury. Nice. It was a federal jury. Nice. And he was found guilty of assault on an immediate family member of federal official and attempt to kidnap a federal official. Why is it important that it was a federal official? Because that makes it, enhances that. Right. It allows for federal charges, number one. But number two, it enhances the um, the actual assault um, what can be happen, happen to him in, in a sentencing. Right, and, and the sentencing. Right. Yeah. But Todd, you were going to say something or no? No. no okay, no, All right. no. I just want to make sure. So um, let's jump back to some minor league baseball. Todd, let's talk about minor yeah, league baseball. This, this one's interesting. It, it seems like every couple of years or so, uh, something comes up to challenge baseball's antitrust exemption um, in the courts. You know, Obviously, there's no other... Pro baseball leagues, major league baseball in the United States, and so, but that doesn't violate the antitrust laws for competition or anything because they're exempt. But every once in a while, there's a lawsuit that comes up and challenges it. And this one that that was pending, that was actually pending before the Supreme Court uh, for issues on appeal, um, 
was one filed by uh, minor league baseball teams that used to be affiliated with major league teams. If you recall, a couple of years ago, Major League Baseball contracted their minor league operations so that rather than having a hundred, I think it's like 140 or 160 minor league affiliates for all of the uh, Major League Baseball teams, the minor league affiliates being Class A, Double A, Triple A ball, rookie ball, they contracted it to where there were only 120, which meant some teams that had historically had a minor league baseball team affiliated with a big league team no longer had that uh, association. And a group of those filed a lawsuit against Major League Baseball, charging them with violation of antitrust laws and what have you. And that case was set to be considered by the Supreme Court for possible uh, issues on appeal. But Major League Baseball and those teams reached an agreement last week. Now, up until that point in time, there are a lot of people speculating this could open a huge can of worms for Major League Baseball's antitrust position. But based upon the deal that they reached, which they said are confidential, they haven't disclosed what the deal Mm -hmm. is, it puts the issue to bed to rest for now until somebody else gets ticked off and brings another antitrust lawsuit probably in the next two or three years. Next out, next segment, we're going to talk about the Oxford High School shooter's parents being tried. Presidential pardon. This is a very interesting lawsuit about presidential pardons. And Colorado plastic surgeon. We've got some interesting ones. Then we have our quick takes. We'll be back. and Denise will be right back with more Radio Law Talk after we take this break. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny sexy just because I want to don't drive dirty, going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash a hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Porter, Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the dock. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. 
If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Life is full of bittersweet transitions. It's difficult to know how these changes will impact us over time. For some people, difficult transitions like retirement, divorce, or loss of a loved one can hit harder than expected and may contribute to feelings of hopelessness or even thoughts of suicide. The risk of suicide is even higher for men over 50 who served our country guys like me. That's why support from friends and family makes such a big difference. Every day, your actions could help save a life. Together, we got this. Learn how you can help save a life at VeteransCrisisLine.net. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo, but first... Can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right, then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me oriere poquestus purpurium juris consult... Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English, if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, but... Let's have Todd do it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. The information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com. to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. All right. In uh, Michigan, the Oxford High School shooter, Ethan Crumbly. Uh, We don't need to go over the details of that. A kid who was 15 years old, his parents bought him a gun. um, And he apparently, the parents had apparently had been in the school. The school had some concerns about their child saying, look, this guy is, is drawing pictures that are not appropriate, and we're worried about him. The parents come down to the school. They refuse to take him. By the way, this was a Christmas present. They bought him a gun, um, which all that's legal, to uh, apparently in Michigan. And they came that morning of the shooting, and they said, hey, we need to take your son home. He's, he's, he's having issues. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. And they leave, and uh, he comes and shoots some children, and they, he kills some children. So now the parents are being prosecuted uh, for a, a number of things, but mainly due to the fact that they, the issue is, and, and Todd's going to talk about the, the, the details of that, but whether or not it's four counts of involuntary manslaughter, um, because there's four, because there's four kids that died, um, and that the parents, quote, you know, they bought him the gun, 
But the big issue is what Denise is going to bring up, and you know, as mentioned, is they didn't properly secure the gun, et cetera, et cetera. So each of you, point and counterpoint. I worry, my worry is this, and I, I've said this, and this is a general worry. I'm not saying, are we going to be liable for our children's, what their actions? I'm not talking civilly liable, because they're going to be civilly liable. Oh, yeah. And they're going to probably lose that case being sued for money. But are they criminally liable? That's the question. Todd, we'll start with you, where you're going to say, no, they're not. And, and Denise, you're going to say, yes, they are, for the following reason. Sure. And by the way, that doesn't mean either of them are agreeing. That. We're just we're doing point, counterpoint. Oh, and I would also say that the, the reason it's coming up is because the court ruled this last week, the trial court ruled that they're entitled to separate to be tried separately, not by the same jury. And so they're, they're going to get separate trials, and it's because of evidence that right. is going to be presented. And I mention that because it's going to go into my analysis as to why I don't think the parents are liable. Well, so, there's probably evidence that the dad kind of bought it. Maybe the mom's like, I, no, he doesn't. You know, well, who yeah, knows? I'm well, just saying. Let, let, let's consider this here. So to be guilty of involuntary manslaughter in the state of Michigan, the prosecution has to prove first that the defendant, so mom and or dad, caused the death of those that their son shot. Okay, they caused that, meaning they, dis- they those people died as a result of some act or inaction of the parents. That's the first element. Second element is that in doing the act, whatever it was they did that caused the death of these uh, the, the the decedent, the victims, uh, they did so with gross negligence, and that the last one uh, issue is that. There was no lawful justification for the death. And that's not really an issue here. That would be a self-defense case. Now, the reason I don't feel like the parents would be liable for this is, one, I think that whatever they did with the gun, storing it or however, is too attenuated, too far removed from the actual shooting of the individuals, the victims in this case. That did not cause it. If, if there was a cause and effect relationship, you would expect to see more people get shot statistically uh, because a gun was not kept in a safe or a lockbox. And, and I just don't think that the number of instances where guns are kept in a certain way statistically doesn't lead to that many as many deaths but the big issue here is gross negligence the definition of gross negligence it's more than just carelessness it means willfully disregarding the results to others that might follow from an act or failure to act in order to be grossly negligent the prosecution has to prove that the defendant knew of the danger to another and knew of the situation that required this action to occur. Knew of the murder, that they'd be murdered. Knew that murder was going to happen, and that they avoided, that the defendant could have avoided injuring the other person, and that they failed to use that care to do so. Now, I, I think that's hard to show for the parents, but I think that's probably why these trials were bifurcated. Because if a witness has come forward that has information about one defendant, maybe statements one defendant made, and not the other, well, a jury can't hear the statements dad made about dad without imputing that to mom or vice versa. And it starts to violate the hearsay rules and the rules to confrontation. And if that's the reason, I mean, maybe one person said something that goes more towards the elements of gross negligence, and and that's why they split. But I don't think that... I think you're going to have a hard time showing 
liability beyond a reasonable doubt in a criminal trial, given what these elements require. So I'm going to take uh, from count, from point and counterpoint from Saturday Night Live, and I'm going to say, Todd, you ignorant pup. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So you're starting your argument by yes. a personal attack on Correct. me as opposed to the facts. That's okay. a good one. That immediately makes me feel very strong in my argument. <laughs> and here you're starting are the, by attacking me. Go and ahead. And here are the facts that it. make it gross negligence. They bought the child the gun. They knew the child was having mental issues. They've been told by the um, the school about his threats to other persons. And on the day of the shooting, they got a picture that he had drawn of killing his classmates. And so they still let him have access to the gun. And they didn't take him home. And they didn't take him home. And they didn't protect that gun. I think these are exigent circumstances that could be found. Well, you may not agree with that def- definition, but because it's probably not the right definition. But I think those facts could show gross negligence on the part of the parents, and it's going to depend, I think, too, on who bought the child the gun. Maybe that's the new witness. Is that one Christmas. parent or the it was other a one? But well, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. So, 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 so he already had the gun with him at the school when the parents were called to the school. Yes. Did the parents say, know he had it? And, and but they didn't know that he was in possession of the gun at because the school. they didn't secure the gun. Well, they but didn't. No, but they didn't. Know. They didn't, I didn't know, know that, that he had yeah. it. So all of the information. Well, that's not necessarily true because well, they could have gone home and checked on the gun. Well, that's that, that's true. But all of the information. That you just incident the 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 drawings of him killing the kids at school, the the fact that they were called to the school because he had issues at the school, they all learned of that on the same day that this shooting occurred. Yes. So, but prior to the shootings. But prior to the shootings, but at the point in time when they're back at home, not putting the gun in the gun safe, eleven hours before, they didn't know any of this. So if they didn't know any of this at the time, the act of negligence is not storing the gun in a safe. Yes. Okay. They didn't know any of this stuff about threats to kill others and do stuff at the time they failed to store the gun in the safe 10 hours before at their house. They knew he was having mental issues when they bought him the gun. So they should have... No, 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 that's not... No, no, that's... That is. No, we're not... It's... They bought it from at Christmas, and after that, they knew he had some mental. There was that's when. They, then later, when he came to school, that's when he had the mental issues. But again, that I don't think that that makes a huge difference. Yeah, but they, the point they is, would have to show that the prosecution has to show that the parents knew of the danger to others, not yes. suspected it, not they knew the danger. All right, know? here we go. I'm going to end this it. by saying point or counterpoint because we. It is time for what? Quick it's takes. Time, it's time for quick takes. We appreciate that. We love this. By the way, this is so fun. We do point and counterpoint. I'm going to start out. When I win the next $1.35 billion jackpot, because I'm going to do it and I'm manifesting it, that I'm doing it, I'm saying it right here. I'm taking the $500 million, I'm giving Chris a million, Todd a million, and Denise a million. I'm saying it right here. I'll take it. Okay. If I was in the winner's shoes of the jackpot and somebody was coming after me for child support and I had to make that one-time statement that Denise was talking about, my declaration would be, baby, I won the lottery when I met you. It's killed me ever since you broke up with me. Aww, <laughs> Denise. 
And on a more serious note, I would say if you have a personal relationship or a financial relationship with a judge, or if a judge has one with an attorney that appears before him, don't be involved in the case together. Yes. I love being here with my co-host. Chris, thank you very much. Be safe out there. Thank you for joining us. This is Radio Law Talk. Goodbye. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com.